to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. As we continue reflecting on how we, who are created in God's image, are in fact good enough, today we are reminded that Jesus is not only God, but also fully human. That means he shared our human experiences, including our pains, our griefs, and our frustrations. One thing Jesus wasn't, though, was afraid. Instead, Jesus knew that God was always with him and always in control. Jesus trusted in that so much that he lived with a kind of peace and calm we've never seen matched. In our message of the week from Mark chapter 4, Pastor Jen Tyler talks about what it looks like to turn our longing for control over to God, who doesn't always take away our storms in the ways we would want, but who is always with us in the midst of them. Here is our First Church message of the week. Why don't you pray with me? Lord God, as we gather and listen for your word in this time, might you open our ears that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So this week, as we continue in our sermon series, talking about what it means for us to embrace that we who are made in God's image are, in fact, good enough, today I want to move from talking about some of our specific spiritual practices and ways of inviting God into our lives, as we did last week, And today, I want to invite you into talking about what it looks like to be faithful in the midst of circumstances that we have no control over. I was reading the blog of a beloved colleague this week, looking for updates on how they were doing in the midst of a medical crisis. And the writer, his son, compared their own lack of control in this difficult situation to that kind of stuckness as they waited on news. And he compared it to the ways we get stuck sometimes on a tarmac. Has anyone ever been stuck on a tarmac when you travel? If you've ever flown, uh, especially on a full plane, you probably know that feeling about what it means to have very little control. It isn't the preparing or the packing or even getting through security that reminds you how little control you have. For me, it's not even waiting in the gate area or hoping that your flight will board soon and your travel companion's going to make it back from the bathroom in time. It's after you've boarded, for me, that's the hardest. At that point, as the writer of the blog said, you're crammed like mask-wearing sardines into a steel tube that essentially goes into the sky like magic. The air conditioning comes and goes and spurts and fits to the point that you're either baking like a Thanksgiving turkey or you're frozen like a Thanksgiving turkey. 
some child in the back is inevitably howling at precisely the same pitch as an air raid siren. And there you are waiting and waiting and waiting. The moments we wish we had control the most, especially when it comes not just to a trip we're excited for, but those tougher moments when we're trying to care for our loved ones and wish that we could control it. It can feel like that, can't it? When we're waiting on that plane, we have no control and all we can do is trust in the pilots and what they are doing. To trust that no matter what they decide, we know that they will bring us to the right place. Sometimes these moments can feel like we're waiting on the doctors or loved ones to help us make an important decision. Ultimately, though, we know that the pilot to whom we are called to look and trust in the most is the Lord our God who is with us on every journey, every step, after sometimes painful step. Not having control or related, but maybe worse, not having any answers to the questions that we're painstakingly waiting on, it can be such a helpless feeling, can't it? Especially when we know in our mind's eye that it just feels like it shouldn't be that hard. My guess is that most, if not all of you, like me, you've been in that place. You've also been in the place where it's easy to play that Monday morning quarterback of sorts, right? When it's easy to critique the decisions of others and to wish things were different when we say, well, gosh, if only they had done A, then Y would be different. Or if only they had done B, then Z would be different. But the truth is, we don't have that kind of control. And none of us really knows how things could be different. That doesn't mean they can't. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be. But it does mean that even if things aren't how we wish they were, we are called to be just as faithful as those moments when everything goes perfectly our own way. And we know that we are called to be faithful in these difficult times in large part because of the examples that Jesus lived for us. Because Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, he came to earth as fully human. That means that he experienced our pains and our griefs and, if we're honest, probably some of our annoyances too. Jesus was a lot of things and had a lot of experiences as a human. But one thing scripture never tells us he was, is afraid. Instead, we are told time and time again that Jesus knew that God was with him and he trusted in that so much that he lived with a kind of peace and calm that I have never seen matched. I mean, after all, a healthy dose of fear can be good for us sometimes, right? It's what keeps us from putting our hands on a hot stove or jumping off the proverbial bridge with our friends. In the gospel lesson that I want to read for us today, 
We have a good example, I think, of this. It's a story that seems rational in that I absolutely would have been afraid with all the characters in the story, all of them, of course, except Jesus, who is there with them, ready to remind them of the calm center that Jesus brings to us. Our story today is of Jesus calming a storm. Hear these words from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It tells us that later that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd and took him in the boat just as he was. Other boats followed along. Gale-forced winds arose and waves crashed against the boat so that the boat was swamped. But Jesus was in the rear of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. They woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? He got up and gave orders to the wind and said to the lake, Silence, be still. The wind settled down and there was a great calm. Jesus asked them, Why are you frightened? Don't you have faith yet? Overcome with awe, they said to each other, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Here ends our reading today. Control is a funny thing, isn't it? While it isn't quite the opposite, it certainly counters things like fear. After all, much of what we're afraid of is actually what we don't understand or what we don't control, isn't it? The disciples on the boat that day were afraid in the midst of this storm because as the wind stirred and the waves rose up, they knew that they were in danger. And there was nothing they could do about it. They had no control over how fast the winds blew. They couldn't escape the danger or stop the storm or do anything to ensure their safety other than hold on probably to the point of white knuckles as they felt afraid and likely a bit helpless. It's an awful feeling, isn't it, to feel helpless? Perhaps even more so when the person that you might most expect to help you, whom you know could help you, does absolutely nothing about it. Not just nothing. It isn't like Jesus is sitting and watching the storm and reassuring the disciples that it's going to be okay, right? What feels worse than that, at least for me, is that we are told Jesus was in the rear of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. So not only is Jesus not helping or comforting them, and not only is he sleeping, but he's, so, he's sleeping so comfortably that the text gives us this random detail that I admit I didn't notice before this week, that Jesus is asleep on a pillow. Isn't that a lovely little detail that they offer us? It helps me picture it as I conjure up questions like, how was Jesus sleeping? Does he snore too? Or was he dreaming or maybe drooling a little on that pillow? Whatever the case, 
Jesus is sleeping, it tells us, and in their desperation, we are told that the disciples finally decide they have to wake Jesus up, and so they do that, and they ask the question I think many of us would or have wondered when they say, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? Don't you care? Have you ever wondered words like these? Maybe not those exact words, and maybe not in the middle of a literal sea, in the middle of a literal storm. But when storms hit our lives, we wonder similar things sometimes, don't we? We want to know where God is when bad things happen. We wonder where God is, and when you're doing your best, and you're waiting on a miracle that doesn't seem to come. We wonder if God cares when terrible things are allowed to happen, or when we're struggling to find or embrace our faith. We wonder where God is when our marriages fall apart, or when a loved one tragically dies. When you can't get pregnant, or when your loneliness and depression feel like they are taking over your life, we wonder why God is asleep on the job when we needed our miracle. But sometimes it feels like God's there for others when they cry out. And we wonder in those moments, God, Don't you care? These kinds of questions, it's worth pointing out, they're not about our lack of faith. We can question God and not understand God or the world around us and still have faith. After all, we know and believe that God could provide a miracle and calm the storms of our lives with the snap of a finger, don't we? then why not? Why not me? Why not your loved ones? Why not places like Ukraine who so desperately needs intervention right now? Why? The question of why is one I I'm sure we have all asked before at some point on our journey, whether that's today or years ago or both. But we aren't the only ones who ask why. Because Jesus has a why question for us, too. As he wakes up from his nap on his neat little pillow, he stands and speaks words that still the storm as he turns to his disciples and asks them, why are you so frightened? Don't you have faith yet? Now, to be fair, I don't think Jesus doubted that the disciples had any faith. But we have to remember that they had been with him for a while at this point. They knew Jesus and what he was capable of because they had seen him do miracle after miracle after miracle. Not just through stories they heard, but in miracles they got to witness firsthand and in some cases to be a part of. 
Jesus is always in control. They knew this. But that isn't the same, is it? To what we sometimes long for when we wish that Jesus would quickly respond to every little thing that we think we need. But God doesn't work that way. God being present with us in the storm is not the same as God not caring about the storm. God not putting an immediate stop to the storm does not mean that God isn't with us. Do we see how that works? Rather than working like a genie who vaporizes every bad or scary thing that comes our way, God assures us that we are not alone when we go through these things. And that can be frustrating at times, can't it? But the truth is we know that God continues to work in mysterious ways, often far beyond ways that we understand or imagine. And it's hard when it seems like God is doing something or hiding somewhere that we can't imagine, isn't it? I certainly wish that God would vaporize some of my storms, that God would show up in tangible ways in the midst of them, assuring me that God cares, often by doing what I want. But I also know that that desire of my heart is less linked to my faith and trust in God and more linked to my own desire to maintain control, to tell God what to be to think God should fit the nice little picture that I've created in my mind of who God is and what God can do. And you do that too, don't you? I mean, how often in your life have you created a picture of who you want God to be and the ways you expect God to act and the miracles we want God to perform and the storms we've asked God to calm. Surely, we have all prayed and hoped that God would be the one to eradicate the pandemic or reverse dementia or shrink the tumor. We've wanted God to save that broken relationship, to erase the mental illness, to relieve the financial burdens. In our Good Enough devotional book we're using for this series, the writer names that we have hoped that our faith would mean God would lead us away from storms and not into them. But instead, she says, this is our God. The one who calls us to love the stranger and the foreigner and the enemy. The one who leads us into chaos. The one who leads some but not all. Jesus is also the one, though, who dies and who is resurrected, the one whose presence remains but whose absence is always before us in this broken world. We marvel at the God who loves us and stays by our side regardless of how little we understand or how often we wonder if our Savior is asleep. 
Friends, today, that is my hope and prayer for you and for me. That we would let go of control enough to trust in God, to know that God's got this, and really, truly, that's good enough. That we together would marvel at the God who loves us and stays by our side. That we would let go enough to love enough, to trust enough, and to know that we are good enough. Let's pray. Faithful, loving, merciful God, we thank you for the ways that you walk with us through storms, the ways that you encourage and support us in the hardest of moments, and for the ways that you keep listening and reaching out even when we are full of questions or uncertainty. Help us, O oh God, to trust in you and to marvel at you, O oh God, as we are assured that you love us and will stay by our side always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.